Hello and welcome to the Contrarian Marketing Podcast, where we give you ideas you might not be thinking about. Today, we have a roundup episode where we talk about Google SGE, affiliate marketing, and working from home. Eli, what's it like driving in the Bay Area lately? So we always talk about Google and we're going to talk about SGE, but I just want to complain about Google for a second. Google started this RTO, return to office crackdown. So they, they're actually calling on a crackdown about two weeks ago where they are not allowing hybrid work anymore. They have all these new policies. We don't know exactly because I don't work for Google. You don't work for Google, but they have new policies about you can only work from a different office four weeks a year. So that's very strict. They've moved from do whatever you want, just do your work to you need to be in the office. You need to be in the office you're assigned to be in. And I would just want to say, usually I, I like the things that Google does. I'm very much not a fan because I've been driving a lot and the traffic is insane. <laughs> Google, just think about other people when you do these things. I know your employees aren't happy with it, but other people on the roads are not happy with it either. So maybe let your employees like work off hours or something. Unfortunately for Meta, they're not creating traffic because I think they, they're, they've they shrunk their workforce. But Google is creating insane amount of traffic. And as I drive by the exits where Google gets on and off, it's too much. So Google, let your people work from home. What do you... What do you think about return to office and hybrid work? I support your statement for once. I, I think more people should be working from home, not because of the traffic. That's a nice byproduct, don't get me wrong. But I, I said this before, my, my theory is that a lot of companies are mandating return to office right now to do silent layoffs and know that a lot of people won't be able to return to the office because for the last two to three years, they've been working from home and they made lifestyle decisions like moving closer to their families and, and now they're, they can't just move back. I, For a fact, I know executives at companies like Apple, Meta, or Google, or Alphabet for that matter, who for a fact have resigned because they cannot move back. And there's been like some crazy stuff going on where companies basically said, hey, in our contract, we mandate you to be present in the office. You moved away. That's your decision. You're not going to get any severance. So I think it's a larger issue. What, what I have a real problem with is the hybrid model. And the hybrid model, not in the sense that Everybody needs to come to the office a certain amount of days and everybody can work from home for a certain amount of days. But the real problem are companies who have some of the workforce completely remote and another part of the workforce come into the office. As nice as it is to work from, from home, when you are the person working remotely and your colleagues go to the office, you are at a massive disadvantage. And it blocks your career. It holds you back. You're just not able to form that same type of relationships, pick up the same type of context or signals until we have really good Apple VR, AR glasses or, or the metaverse or whatever comes where you can really pick up the signals that somebody sends you subconsciously, you should have basically the same rules for, for all of your workforce. Yeah, and, and I don't think like any of this meta um, AR, VR stuff's ever going to take over the office. I, I think about some relationships I built at the office. I met people waiting in line for food or on the way to the bathroom or something like that. You're never going to have those experiences and build those connections. And I agree with you, the hybrid, it does put people at a disadvantage. If you're making a choice to say, you know, I don't really need to be in the office, then you will be stunted in some way or another, and you may not realize it. And we've talked about this in other episodes, which we'll link in the show notes, of course, where when there are, let's say, parents, where parents are given the option to be hybrid, they may stay home because they want to be with their child, but then they are their career growth overall or just at that company is stunted because they're not going to get the same access and same visibility. It's just a fact. You don't get the best assignments and you don't get the most visibility if you're not there. Even when you have multiple offices over different locations. When I was at SurveyMonkey, we had an office in Portland. The Portland people, when the, the meeting was over, there, there was 
Zoom or whatever we used at the time turned off and the people in the California office were still talking and they made more decisions after the meeting. I don't think we'll ever get that unless we're in this dystopian world where we're wearing VR, AR all the time and we're always participating in conversations and that will be hell. So let's not do that. I don't think it's so dystopian at all, but this is not part of the main topic. If you want to learn more about our views on on Apple VR and the metaverse, uh, we recorded episodes that will link to the show notes, of course. The the problem is more complicated and, and that there are a whole bunch of factors to be considered. Now, speaking about complicated problems, Google has faced a lot more pushback for their search journal experience, which is a new beta program in which they test AI answers and AI results. Now, we recently spoke about Reddit in the open web, and one of the big criticisms is that SGE might destroy the open web. So quick context, Google sends so much traffic to many websites that keeps those websites and businesses alive, right? It's not just big publishers, it's also small businesses who, can, who cannot afford to run enough ads to run a profitable business. There's a lot of challenges involved. There's a really big question that stands in the room, which is how responsible is Google to keep the open web alive? And do they even have a chance or a choice to not run AI answers? What's your take, Eli? So uh, we've talked about this a lot. I've posted a lot about this on social media. It is good that Google's doing this because I think there's been a lot of, let's blame it on SEO. There's a lot of bad websites that create a lot of worthless commoditized content, which is the same thing over and over again. And I'd like summary. And I think that Google for years, they couldn't do that because they didn't want responsibility for summarizing the internet and saying things. Now that we have ChatGPT, the goalposts have moved. So users and the world are willing to accept somewhat non-accurate information maybe summarize information, there's a disclaimer, it changes everything. Now, what I do see happening, and I want to hear your thoughts on, on beta and how it's working, I'm seeing Google move more and more away from this. There are many queries, like when we first did this, we did an episode where we did our first take and we looked at this, where uh, we, we put in some queries around, let's say business credit cards, I think was a query we put in, there was SGE on that. Now, a lot of these queries, Google's not on them anymore at all. So I think Google's seeing that Maybe users don't like it as much and maybe users are confused. I think Google has to do this. I think it's good for users to have this sort of summarized content, but I don't know that it's great for Google because it's certainly impacting their ad revenue or will impact their ad revenue. It's something that, again, ChatGPT has shown the world that this is possible, so they have to do it. What are you seeing as far as changes happening? This? Like, I know like I'm also seeing ads show up on top of it. I'm seeing it disappear. What are you saying? I actually think that Google can make a lot more advertising money with AI results, but I do also agree that it might be bad for most websites because they get less organic traffic. What I've noticed is that Google plays with the ad placement. Some ads appear above the AI answer, some below. So there seems to be a lot of experimentation going on. I've also seen that some of the quality of the AI results is not great. The links or the websites that they link to are not super authoritative. They're not that good quality-wise. And the AI answer is very thin and sometimes, you know, even plan out wrong. I don't think it can go live like that. At the same time, I where, you know, I kind of have to agree with you to then disagree again, is that Google has to do it. And But I don't think, I actually don't think anymore that it's because Bing or, or, or ChatGPT. I think Google has to do it because everybody else has access to AI. And some of these AI tools, especially for content generation, get so good that it's almost hard to discern from humans. I know, I know, I know, everybody's thinking right now, oh man, 
if I were to publish something that I get out of ChatGPT, you know, that that's clearly recognizable as AI and the content is still relatively, the quality is relatively low, that might be true. But there are more tools that give really good quality. And I think Google sees that coming and I think it dilutes content as a ranking signal. And it's just going to be really hard for a search engine to still operate in the old model of ranking results when all these results have really good content. And I think people at Google, product managers at Google are just saying, hey, we might just better give the answer ourselves because there is so much good content out there. And all of a sudden, we're kind of competing with every website. I feel like the ecosystem and the, the broader development of AI is forcing Google's hand more so than ChatGPT or Bing. And then I think that's good. I think that the old model of SEO isn't great. And it's, it's been, look at, look at what everyone wants to do with AI. They're looking at generative AI as like, oh, now we can create more crappy content. And I love the fact that it's, it's a double-edged sword. Generative AI means you can create a lot more crappy content, but generative AI also means that search engines can <laughs> degenerate it and do their own generative AI. This is good for users. I think we've gone down this terrible road where SEO has been all about content and creating content. And I, I don't think that's the, that's not the end. It, it should be a sort of means to an end. And I don't know, like how many Google searches do you do per day? Man, I would have to check my my journeys, but I would I would probably think about 40 to 50. I'd probably do maybe that or more. So I'm always learning things. And I, many of my search experiences aren't great. And I go to Reddit because that that's where you're going to find the, the correct answers. Actually, sometimes I wonder if like Google is the search engine for Reddit, the internal search engine for Reddit. <laughs> so... I, I think this is good. I get not just about ChatGPT, it's about new technology and this is the way things should be. I, I, I agree with your criticism on content. And what really bugs me is that a lot of the Google guidelines and spokespeople preach this just create good content and, oh, you don't need to add content to your website. We can just figure it out our, by our own. And then every SEO experiment you run proves that more content is better. And of course, there's a fluffiness factor you want to avoid, but generally more content is better and it performs better. And so I think it goes back to the fact that Google just isn't that good anymore. A lot of people don't like using Google for various factors, right? There's a very young generation and they lean so much more on TikTok, which is not just a statistic that the Google executive dropped um, a while ago. I, I continuously talk to you know people in the, in the Zillennial age range and they all use TikTok because it's way more engaging and you discover some really cool stuff. So this is this is real, but... It's not, it's not Google's fault. I think that Google's indexing the web and websites have created terrible content. Google's just a reflection. It's a search engine. It's not a, it's not a content engine. So Yeah, but they never, they never overcame this problem of content really moving the needle. They were never good enough. First of all, the long tail was never yielding good research results at all. They were never able to, to really move beyond just content as a ranking factor. And I think it goes back to the fact that Google is a monopoly and there was never a good enough competitor to benchmark how good they really are. And we, we only had Google. And, and the problem is that we didn't notice when it started to degrade. And let me be clear here. I think there are incredible people working at Google. And I think this is a, an incredibly complex problem. So I'm not saying these people are lazy or stupid. I think the opposite is the case. I think it's just really, really hard to always yield amazing search results when the tech landscape is moving so quickly. And the company might have become a little fed and a little, you know, like a little slower to adapt. Again, I don't think there's someone to blame here. I think it's more so the, the nature of tech and disruption. And Google basically has to react. 
I don't want them to destroy SEO because it ha it, it implies that SEO is something bad or like we we kind of benefit from an inefficiency. I think SEO is just simply the practice of, of helping with discovery and that's that should stay alive and that should stay the case. And I think if Google destroys the open web too much by skimming too much revenue off of publishers and other content creators, then at some point these companies will not be on Google anymore. I think that's a realistic scenario for the future, maybe not tomorrow, but in the, in the long term, because these companies will, will not want to give away their content without having at least some sort of benefit from it. You're being way too generous to SEO. SEO is an you know, area where you're making content available, improving the visibility of a website, but there's a lot of bad stuff out there. But let's, let's see if we can agree to disagree to disagree and agree <laughs> when, when we talk about affiliates. So affiliates, good or bad? Do they add value? I know like Google like hates affiliates, are always trying to crush affiliates. What do you think? Look, like everything, there's, no, there's, there's never a perfect answer. So let me qualify this. I think generic white label affiliates don't add value. I think creators on the web add value. I think, yes, sort of agree. If you're adding value, if you mean to add value for users, then you're adding value and you shouldn't be penalized by the fact that you're an affiliate. There's a lot of websites that are affiliate sites that just create thin content to just have a link over to Amazon. There's a lot of websites that do a really good job of explaining what you should do. So like I said earlier, as planning a vacation. There are a lot of websites that explain how to do things. And then from there, they link out to where you're going to do that stuff. So let's say when it comes to vacation planning, Viator is a very, it's owned by TripAdvisor, the site that has a lot of tickets and options. So a lot of sites are affiliates of Viator. Some of those sites, very, very thin. And I would, I would want to see a sites like that crushed because when I do a Google search of like, how do I, how much does this cost? How do I get to this place? And that, that site shows up and doesn't add any value. It just tries to get me over to Viator. I don't like that. But if you give me a very clear experience, but then say, I bought my tickets from Viator, you should buy tickets from Viator too. That I think has added value and is an advantage to that website being in search rather than just me going straight to Viator reading reviews. So I think there is a fine line there. I have a couple of clients that are in the affiliate space that generate all of their revenue from affiliate and they're adding value. They are, they have technology which helps you discover things and then brings you to the thing they want, which the company that they're bringing you over to does not have themselves. So I think it's a fine line, but I would never come out and say the concept of affiliates is bad and Google should crush them, but they should be divided by how much value they're adding. Exactly. And I think one way to get there could be the perspectives tab that is also part of the SGE beta, where Google tries to surface more perspectives from creators around the web. And I think that's super powerful. And I wish they would be more aggressive about that. I would even consider you and I as creators. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not just saying that because we want more traffic and, and subscribers and listeners. It's a dirty word. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's better than influencer or thought leader. You know, it's, it's not just that. I think there is a, there is a real ecosystem of of single people or small teams who run small sites, blogs, YouTube channels, podcasts. And I think Google would do a, a great job in surfacing that type of content more, of course, filtered by some sort of a ranking algorithm. But using that to enrich AI answers, in my mind, is a, is a great idea to incentivize people to create content because at the end of the day, it's all about incentives. And the reason that there are these affiliates who have these generic white label types of sites and who provide poor experiences and make money with it is because it, it works and there's money to be made. So by promoting 
and incentivizing people to kind of come out and, and not be generic and hiding behind some sort of a white label domain that would do the web really well and would, would incentivize people to create valuable content. Absolutely. Totally agree. I'm agreeing that you should be creating valuable content. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> what do we disagree on? I was going to say, man. Do, do, Amazon affiliates, good or bad? Because we were almost thought had Amazon as a guest in our show. So where are you on Amazon? It was close. Look, I am... Amazon continues to, to slash affiliates, payouts. And I have a feeling that Amazon doesn't benefit anymore from the affiliate ecosystem. They're such a powerhouse. They're so well known. The product is so good. I'm not sure how much sense it makes anymore to to be an Amazon affiliate. You know, I'm, I'm going to be very honest here with my opinion because I, at the same time, I think I'm not sure if it's good for the affiliates and I'm not sure if it's good for the company because they make most of their money in other ways. I'm probably bearish on Amazon affiliates, but open to be convinced. Yeah, and where I'm curious and we can wrap with this is, you know, do you ever see in, like on your credit card, like if you use Chase or Bank of America, they have these offers things and they try to get you to like buy something through that link. That's an affiliate link. I'm always curious, like how those companies that pay those offers, and there's like big ones like Rakuten, they, they, they have this whole rewards program where essentially the company is paying for the customer they already would have gotten. So I always wonder like what the value there is. But the, essentially that's affiliates. Smart people work at Amazon and Walmart and Groupon and all those places that pay to have people sent over to them. I'm assuming they know what they're doing, but I, I don't know that they add much value. Like that whole concept adds much value if you have to deliberately go to a website to then click through so then somebody gets paid for a product you were already going to buy. But it comes down to adding value. Always add value. It comes down to adding value. Yeah. There are public companies that are basically affiliate companies like NerdWallet. Very interesting. And I have a client as well who makes the absolute majority of their revenue with affiliate. And the key there really is to see, like, how can you, as you said, how can you add value by creating content that providers of that product or makers of that product are not providing? So, off, you know, tap, it's a little bit of an inefficiency, but at the same time, sometimes these companies are limited in their means. Think about credit card companies or banks. They move typically very slowly. They're not able to create all the content. They're not able to necessarily compare their products with other products. So I think that there are affiliates and cases in which affiliate marketing fills a real need. And as you said, that added value should be rewarded with money. Absolutely. Add value. Always add value. We're agreeing way too much here, Eli. Uh, we're going to wrap it under this star, but next episode we have to turn around. All right. So let's just do a Reddit prediction because our last episode was on Reddit. Is Reddit going to live or die? Live. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it's going to live. They're going to make peace with the moderators. Probably not going to go public this year, but maybe next year. So they're going to postpone the, uh, the IPO. They're not going to reach their initial target of 15 billion. I think it's going to be closer to five, maybe even less, but they're going to go public. They're going to sell their API and it's going to be a good deal for generative AI model training companies. And I think Reddit could, if Reddit does not give up, I think they die. I think that you're going to see Reddit does not have enough of a product, and we don't want to get into Reddit. So again, they don't have enough of a product to prevent people from replicating their product. And as a proof point of that, Hacker News, which is very, very popular amongst tech people, is just the Reddit software. So they're running Reddit with their own Reddit communities. So I think Reddit is easy replicable if you can move the community over. Obviously, the popular Reddit categories, the traffic won't necessarily go away. So like you're a non-logged in user going to Reddit just to see what's going on. Yes. But if you are in a very specific I don't know, like a tech community, there's like a SEO community. That SEO community can be moved to other platforms that use open source Reddit software that is not reddit.com. So I think if Reddit doesn't give up, they die. So there we go. We disagreed on something. Reddit, Reddit. All right. Thanks, man. This is awesome. This is awesome. Eli, that's a wrap. Talk to you next week. 
And now it's your turn. Head over to contrarianmarketingpodcast.com and subscribe to the free weekly newsletter to get a summary of today's episode, key takeaways, and community content. And while you're there, go to today's episode and leave your opinion in the comments. We'll feature the best thoughts in the newsletter and on the podcast. Also, if you like today's episode, please feel free to leave five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. As always, thanks so much for tuning in and here next week.